and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, who commands Space Force? That's correct, who commands Space Force? But before we rush to an answer to that, let's take a look at some things that have been going on in the defense world. Now, of course, most of us probably already know that Space Force is the most recent branch of the U.S. military. Seems like it's been kind of a pet project of President Trump. But there also seems to be some other troubling things that have been going on with the Trump administration, and one of which seems to be almost uh, akin to a breakdown in the chain of command. Now, I found this article from Military.com. It says, Advisor, Trump tweet about Afghanistan withdrawal was a wish. That's disturbing. Now, recently, President Trump has come out and announced that that he is going to pull all the troops out of Afghanistan. He wants to bring these troops home and focus those expenses on rebuilding a military and, as he would say, making America great again. But here we're told that Trump Trump's tweet about this subject, about leaving Afghanistan, was described as a wish. Recently, he has commented that many of his top generals are simply warmongers looking for sweetheart deals as an exit to go to work for these uh, this giant military-industrial complex, much the same way as we've talked about some of these people who have left the military-industrial complex to go work for companies like the one that Tom DeLong runs, to the Academy of Stars, and then suddenly end up with all of these, uh, well, what turn out to be quite lucrative UFO stories to tell. Now, this article here says... Its dateline is October 17, 2020, by Associated Press. Deb Reichman and Lolita C. Balder, and it comes from military.com. You can find this article linked at the website ufowarning.com. Ufowarning.com. I have links to multiple stories there. This one I found particularly interesting. It says President Donald Trump's National Security Advisor on Friday doubled down on his assertion that the number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan will shrink to 2,500 early next year, while suggesting that Trump's tweet that all forces should come should be home by Christmas was more of a wish than a reality. Seeking to clarify a series of confusing statements about the American footprint in Afghanistan, Robert O'Brien appeared to take a shot at General Mark Miley, Milley, Miley rather, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Miley, in recent days, said the U.S. Is, ex- is executing a plan to reduce the number of troops to 4,500 in November, but talk of any further reduction would be speculation. Well, it seems strange when you're commanding when your commanding officer, the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, gives you an order to bring the troops home, and then you simply call that speculation. How he puts up with this, President Trump, I don't know. Confusion about Trump withdrawal, about troop withdrawals from America's longest war, an emotional topic for the troops and their families, began October 7th when Trump tweeted that we should have the small remaining number of our brave men and women serving in Afghanistan home by Christmas. When asked about those comments, O'Brien said Friday that Trump was just expressing a hope. I think that the president was I think that what the president was doing is he was expressing the same desire 
I think every president since the Revolutionary War has said, O'Brien said during an online event hosted by the Aspen Institute. Whenever we're at war, whether it was the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, or World War I or World War II, all presidents want their troops to be home by Christmas. Uh, do you see how he's trying to to build the narrative here? He's trying to put this Afghan nightmare in the same categories as several other wars, of which many people would consider just wars, say World War II, uh, the Revolutionary War, even the Civil War. But none of these wars lasted for 18 years. You see how he's soft-selling it. We see the same thing happening with UFO disclosure all the time. The president will come out and say something, and these people will come out and just and blow him off. This is a deep state at work. This is an example of these entrenched bureaucrats that feel no compulsion to follow direct orders from the president of the United States. And this is why when people say, well, maybe maybe all this stuff with uh, DeLong is going to end up end up bringing disclosure to us. When I complain about them releasing the cockpit video uh, footage from the from the Nimitz and the Roosevelt, well, maybe this is somehow this is a way, a roundabout way that uh, we'll get disclosure. And that's a very childish way of looking at things. And it goes on here, it says, defense officials insist there are no plans to have all troops home from Afghanistan by the holidays or the end of the year. U.S. officials also said Friday that there currently is no approved plan to reduce the number to 2,500 by early next year. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity to, to discuss internal deliberations. This is another example of these guys going behind the president's back, not even having enough guts to come out and let this newspaper use their name. This is a, the same sort of the same sort of sketchy nonsense that we see with the release of these UFO reports, with these UFO data, whatever. Anonymous sources, no chain of custody, uh, deep staters working in collusion with the deep state press. It, frankly, it's concerning. No, I won't read the whole article, but the article just basically goes on and just and just uh, continues on uh, repeating the same mantra about how these guys uh, just aren't going to follow the president's uh, directives. But really, this should be a concern for any American because whether you like the current occupant of the White House, you may like the next one, or you may not, or the one after that. I mean, I'm old enough. For, to, to remember multiple presidents, some better than others. But as Americans, we should all be concerned about the chain of command. Whether we agree with the person who happens to be in there or not, we don't want mob rule. And, and this is what we seem to have going on, is mob rule by the deep state. And it affects people who are interested in the topic of UFOs because they're handling UFO evidence the same way. Like I've said a hundred times on this podcast, the way those videos was released was not correct. They should have been posted on a publicly accessible website, the same way that NASA does. We we already have, we we already have a way to do that. There was no there was no good reason for them to have been clandestinely released to the New York Times, where they could be handed over to a for profit company for a year. Now speaking about Space Force. Just to kind of set the stage here, the commander, who is now the acting commander of Space Force, is a fellow named John William, or J. Raymond. It says, and Wikipedia says, is a general in the United States Space Force, currently serving as its 
first chief of space operations and is a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, so he's at the very top. He, pre he previously concurrently served as the commander of the United States Space Command, a position he held from August 29, 2019 to August 20, 2020, as the Space Force's highest ranking officer. He currently oversees this organizational stand-up and the transfer of officers and enlisted personnel into the newest service branch. Now, he looks like a pretty serious individual. He's got a resume here that goes on about two miles. It says, prior to being unilaterally transferred to the Space Force, he served for 35 years in the United States Air Force. While in the Air Force, he was still serving as the commander of U.S. Space Command, but was concurrently serving as the commander of the Air Force Space Command and as commander of Joint Force Space Component. Prior to that, he served as the Deputy Chief of Staff for Operations Headquarters, United States Air Force at the Pentagon. Raymond has been deployed to serve in the war in Afghanistan and the Iraq War. Now, I think the thing to uh, consider here is the fact that Trump has personally put this guy in charge. It's almost like Trump is trying to uh, gather his resources. Now, anybody that knows anything about the military operations knows how important it is to have the high ground. If you're in a battle, you want the high ground. Well, how much higher ground could you have than uh, outer space, near space? If you've been following, uh, even casually in the news, you also know that a number of, of nations, United States, Russia, China, India, off the top of my head, have all developed these directed energy weapons and these uh, seem to be basically high-powered laser-type weapons, I guess you could call them, almost like something out of Star Wars, capable of firing from Earth to space, space to Earth. So imagine having one of these positioned, uh, say, in orbit of maybe a near-Earth satellite, where the whole Earth is, is uh, in your range, so to speak. Suddenly, it doesn't matter nearly as much what the deep state would have, if Trump has control of these weapons, then he can then he can absolutely decimate any enemies of the U.S. or of a free America. Now you wonder if that's not what's going on because recently, in multiple interviews, he has gone out of his way to say that the United States now possesses weapons that we've never possessed with destructive capacity far beyond anything the Earth has ever seen. Well, that's pretty impressive when you think about the fact that we've seen the hydrogen bomb. So that tells us that he has weapons uh, that can destroy uh, fairly effectively. Now, there was one other thing that I found out here about this current commander of uh, Space Force, which I found interesting. And I have, it's from uh, heavy.com. You can find this also linked at the website ufowarning.com. It says General John Raymond nominated to lead U.S. Space Command. And it has a little bio here. It says President Trump has nominated, this is from last year, of course, has nominated General John Raymond to be the commander of U.S. Space Command. This is not, this is not the U.S. Space Force, but would add would work adjacent with the Space Force 
if it's created. Now, of course, we know that since this article's been written, that Space Force has been created, and he has gone from that position of being in Space Command to being in charge of the Space Force. They had some different uh, things down here, though, that they th thought was interesting, and one of them is that apparently back in 2017, he had written an article uh, uh, saying that we didn't need a Space Force. Apparently, he thought that the Air Force already had enough things going on uh, to be uh, to take care of that because it says Raymond has long supported the idea of focusing on U.S. space superiority. So we have to ask ourselves, what happened in uh, the last couple of years that has uh, caused Raymond to decide that um, he really even though he hadn't earlier thought that uh, a space force was needed, that all of a sudden now, not only is it needed, but he's at actually taking charge of this new branch of the military. It almost seems like, I wonder if uh, at some point it would seem as though um, Trump has gained some sort of leverage against the deep state as far as uh, securing control of the assets that are being used for this Space Force. And this Space Force seems like it's going to be, um, at some point, will probably be at the top of the food chain. Because, as I said, once you have the high ground, you've got everything. If you're in charge of the Navy, if, if, if there is a weapons, if you have a weapons platform, multiple weapons platforms that are orbiting in near space, nothing can hide. And if they have adequate technology, uh, no matter how hard you try to camouflage your uh, military on the ground, you're not going to be able to hide from uh, these weapons systems that, as they say, have a God's eye view. Now... Something does seem to be afoot. Uh, we know the election's coming in a couple of weeks. We know there's been so much uh, antagonism. Uh, and I honestly have to say, uh, it, it seems so one-sided. It's not. It's not. It's not uh, the conservative folks that are out there burning down cities and rioting and destroying neighborhoods. It's not. It's not your average conservative that's uh, calling uh, for violence. And you can like that or not like it. It's just a simple truth. I saw an interview was done with uh, Governor uh, Whitmer from Michigan, and she has put such horrible uh, dictatorial uh, constraints so stupidly on the people of Michigan. And finally, they, they sued her. I mean, this, she's just an awful person. And I saw this interview with her, and in the background, there were four, like, uh, wood blocks that were assembled, and the top number said 86, and the bottom two numbers said 45, 8645. In other words, this is a veiled assassination threat toward the President of the United States. Imagine what would have happened if somebody would have done that while President Obama was in, was in office. Well, the world would have turned upside down. So this, this whole thing has, uh, there's been such a heated uh, dark element that has moved into the political sphere 
And I have to wonder if uh, we aren't moving towards something a lot worse, toward an actual armed conflict between uh, President Trump and what's going to turn out to be the forces of freedom, like him or not, and the deep state. Now, this is from CBSNews.com. It's on the site, UFOWarning.com. It says, Space Force deploys its first squadron outside the U.S. It says, Dubai, United Emirates. The newly formed U.S. Space Force is deploying troops to a vast new frontier, the Arabian Peninsula. Space Force now has a squadron of 20 airmen stationed at Qatar's Al-Udid Air Force Base in its first foreign deployment. The force pushed by President Donald Trump represents the 6th branch of the U.S. military and the first new military service since the creation of the Air Force in 1947. It says it has provoked skepticism in Congress, satire on Netflix, and with its uncannily similar logo, Star Trek jokes about intergalactic battles. Future wars may be waged in outer space, but the Arabian desert already saw what military experts of the world's first space war, the 1994 Desert Storm operation to drive Iraqi forces from Kuwait. Today, the U.S. faces new threats in the region from Iran's missile program and efforts to jam, back, and blind satellites. We're starting to see what other nations that are extremely aggressive and preparing to extend conflict into space, Colonel Todd Benson, director of Space Force Troops at El Adid, told the Associated Press. We have to be able to compete and defend and protect all of our national interest. In a swearing-in ceremony earlier this month at LD, 20 Air Force troops flanked by American flags and massive satellites entered Space Force. Soon, several more will join the unit of a core space operators who will run satellites, track enemy maneuvers, and try to avert conflicts in space. The mission's are not new, and the people are not necessarily new, Benson said. Well, you can see what's happening here. They're putting these satellites on the ground out here in the desert, and they are uh, showing us they have the capability to build a 3D radar, basically. So they all have that, and I'm sure they already do have it. What they are doing is they're filling out this ability to create 3D images of everything that's going on planet Earth, from the ground or below the ground in the water, all the way to... Uh, near space. So, it's hard to say exactly what's going on here, but for a long time, uh, people um, seem to have kind of kind of doubted Trump on a lot of things, but I wonder if he hasn't leapfrogged the deep state, grabbed some of this, uh, you know, second generation technology that most of us are unaware of, and has been able to put it to use and get a hold of it and get control of it. That could explain uh, so much of the hostility that we see uh, directed toward him from a lot of these uh, career military type. For him to set up there and uh, just flat out call these guys out as warmongers and tools of uh, the military industrial complex, it seems like before he would do that, he would know that they couldn't get to him. I don't think he's foolish enough to um, threaten people that he doesn't feel safe against. I know he seems a little brash sometimes, but it seems like if we really sit back and look at this thing and try to be apolitical about it, it seems like 
we really see uh, this collection of assets from both sides of the equation starting to line up. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months. Now, I, just before I close, I want to comment that I I didn't link it, but if somebody may have seen it somewhere, there seems to be some rumors floating around about some uh, large-scale laser testing being done in the southern United States. I think one sighting occurred somewhere south of Oklahoma. down to, It stretched from there down to the Gulf Coast. And then another one over by Georgia, I believe. And what, and what uh, I, I seen one YouTube video on it. I couldn't find it after I watched it. But uh, some people think that what's actually happening here is that they're testing these, wep these weapon uh, systems uh, in Earth's orbit. And people are actually seeing these lights uh, illuminate the sky as they're testing back and forth from one installation to another. So that could be a warning of something you know, on the horizon. Another thing I thought about is there's been a lot more, um, there's been a lot more said about the jetpack uh, incident out in LAX, and I've got a bunch of articles linked at the website ufowarning.com. I can't get all of it, and I also posted a link to one that came up on Yahoo News on the uh, Twitter account. Uh, that's at warning sub UFO. You really have to wonder what's what happened there. Now that's the second. The second time we've had um, a supposed uh, jetpack man sighted by airline pilots uh, on the approach to the LAX landing. Um, I posted a couple articles there. I'm not going to go to them and read them, but one of them, uh, you can read what uh, an actual jetpack, man jetpack manufacturer had to say about it. Basically, what they're saying is is that there aren't the, there aren't that many of these jetpacks around. They're pretty much under lock and key when someone's not using them. It's not like people buy jetpacks to just t take them out for a ride, as if you know you 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 bought a bicycle or something. I mean, these are very um, very rare pieces of equipment, and the weight on them. Uh, the older ones I've looked at were maybe up to 400 pounds. Now, you can get these packs that weigh around a, under 200, I think 181 pounds, someone said. They do run on kerosene jet fuel. But as a one as a one jetpack builder pointed out, he said, yeah, these things can go all the way to 18,000 feet. Pretty, on, you know, but even at 6,000 feet, uh, it's dangerous because you're only going to have about a minute flight time after you get there in an average built jetpack. So the notion that this guy could just be flying up to 6,000 feet and hanging out there while 747s and Airbuses fly, you know, a couple hundred yards off or maybe maybe 100 yards off to his side, it's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine somebody could have got up there and back down again without being seen. Now, according to the FAA, they're investigating this, and, you know, Myself, judging on their past investigative um, work that we saw them do or not do when it came to the drone sightings that happened all over uh, the West last year, Colorado, up into, I think, Nebraska and Kansas, they just seemed disinterested uh, compared to the work that they, uh, I guess, didn't do. Uh, involving the drone swarm that uh, went over Palo Verde nuclear plant uh, earlier this year. Not impressed. 
They also said the case has been turned over to the FBI. Honestly, my my faith level in the FBI to be able to solve this case is pretty slim to none. I mean, maybe they'll tell us the Russians did it. I don't know. It seems, the whole thing just seems so sketchy to me. I mean, with all the surveillance that we have available to us, with NSA recording all the phone calls and and uh, the high-tech radar we have and the military assets we have, it just seems like somebody should know what's going on out there. I personally don't think it's uh, a person in a jetpack. It just seems so unlikely that, that, that a person who had the wherewithal and the funds to purchase one of these things would also be stupid enough to fly them in an air traffic zone like that. It just seems like it just seems so counterintuitive, you know. It's it's not like you have a, a teenage kid uh, who has a who has the assets or the wherewithal to go out and buy a jetpack. And if he did, these guys know their customers. I mean, the one fellow said he had like he, he's a he's a jetpack dealer. He had like six of them. He said, I know every single person that has one, and I know they're, they're under lock and key. So this is not like you, you go to the jetpack store and buy a jetpack, and then some irresponsible person takes it out and flies it around LAX. I think there's something a lot more nefarious going on here. This could be, and you, know, you hate to even say it, but it's almost like we're being set up for something. And, you know, that's something... Uh, it, it, it's, it's like one of these things they're using to foreshadow maybe some potentially terroristic threat. And myself, if I had loved ones that were coming in and out of that LAX airport all the time, man, I would really, I would, myself, I would just want to use extreme caution. It just seems like, you know, you have a situation where you have, what, dozens of, maybe, what, 100 flights coming in a day there, and now we've had the second report Three pilots have seen this thing flying there in the flight path, you know, as they come in to land at LAX, and the authorities can't tell us what it is. Well, that that's clearly the lives of thousands of people are being put in jeopardy. If we assume this is a person in a jetpack, and I think that's a big assumption, but let's just say it's an object, and it's hovering there, you know, a mile up in the flight path, where it could possibly be struck by a jetliner with, what, two, three, four hundred people on board. That would be a catastrophic event. So just the fact this has been allowed to happen, not once but twice, I find it very, very concerning. And how convenient that they've already put this narrative out there that, oh, there's a person in a jetpack. If they decided to create some distraction from the election, say, how hard would it be to say, oh, well, it was an Afghani in a jetpack. Well, I guess we can't pull the troops out of Afghanistan. You see what's happening here? This, I always, I know maybe it sounds paranoid, but having lived through 9-11 and the Iraq War and all that nonsense, anytime we have these situations occur where you have these very strange, unexplainable events uh, intersect, with the potential to cause great, uh, uh, great harm to people, and the deep state is unwilling to explain what's going on or even do a decent investigation. Kind of the same thing with the drum swarm going over the nuclear power plant. I, that I, that's super concerning to me, because you you have to ask yourself: there's two two possibilities. Either the authorities are too incompetent, 
are too unconcerned to take care of this threat and properly address it and bring all resources to bear to resolve it and explain it, number one, or number two, they're just sitting on their hands, which could result in these types of situations being used as the next 9-11, the next excuse to take us into a war we can't ever get out of. So I, I think these things, whether it's a jetpack man or the drones over the nuclear plants or silos or the UFO interactions with our nuclear, our nuclear weapons assets, for so long these things have just been ignored by the people that are tasked with investigating them. And we, the easy answer is, as well, they're just too lazy or dumb to do anything about it. That's the easy answer. It's not a good answer. But then the other answer is maybe they're being taken, you know, maybe they're being prevented from investigating it. Maybe these things are just being put out there. So just in case down the road the deep state needs to throw a false flag, they're available. This is why we need to demand answers. We need to demand transparency, transparency and accountability. We don't need for-profit companies that leak videos and make money off of them and tell us to sit down and shut up and do as we're told. That's, that's not what we need at all. This is a democratic republic. We need accountability. We need transparency. Lots of good stuff on the website, ufowarning.com. You can go there and check it out. I have all the links there. And until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.